now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strangers to the game. Adjust the listening devices and keep it live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. 2233, I'm on 10 again. Hello, and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about transitions, uh, especially life after college and with being student athletes. Uh, so, today to open it up, I wanted to ask you uh, just give me kind of your overall experience transitioning from being you know, a student athlete and a, and a college student to, I guess, an adult. <laughs> oh, man, that was. Uh... That was a big transition for me, going from college, playing sports, and then having to go out and get a, a job that was not as exciting as it was, you know, preparing for football games, training, and having that adrenaline rush, you know, every Saturday evening. So for me, it was a little bit, a bit of a transition that took me, and I think I'm still transitioning from it. Um, but initially when I graduated from college, you know, um, Tia was born, so probably a, two, two or three months before I graduated, Tia was born. So I had, me and your mom had the responsibility of raising an infant, and then now I'm making this transition from being an athlete to going into the everyday workforce. So that was a challenge because I just didn't see my life in that way going and doing an everyday nine to five. But my first job after college, or I was doing college, I worked as a... Um, a counselor at a group home. So I would work with those youth who were separated from their parents and their families, and they were in a group home. And um, I think I made about $800 a month <laughs> doing wow. that job. Yeah, that, that was my first job. So not only was I not making a whole lot of money, I'm dealing with difficult children mm-hmm. in, in a difficult population. And then um, just, just it was a challenge, you know, to mm-hmm. make that transition because it wasn't what I expected particularly coming out of college. The athletics part was probably the most difficult because, you know, you do something from the age of eight, nine years old, expecting to, you know, do it for at least a lot longer and make a living doing it. And now that's abruptly cut and you're doing something that wasn't what you were expected. So for me, that challenge was tough. Um, The financial side of it, um, and then having a, a young baby that now I'm responsible for, and then not doing what it is I expected to do. So, um, so that was my experience. I want you always stress the importance of internships to me. And ever since I've been done with high school, every summer I was doing something. <laughs> you wouldn't let me just sit on the couch. What did you have any experiences like that when you were coming up, or is that why you stress it to me because you didn't really do the internships in your summers and things like that? Yeah, that's why I expressed it to you. I had jobs in the summer, but they often had nothing to do with what I was planning to do. And outside of playing ball, I didn't really have a plan. So um, I didn't get a chance to have those different experiences that would have led me to one profession or career path over another. And so I really became passionate about working with young people and in the community. And I thought I wanted to be a teacher. And um, I did teach for seven years, but I realized that that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I liked working with the youth and working in that capacity in the community, but with the educational constraints, um, the school district, there was a lot of restrictions that 
you know, for me, I didn't, I didn't want to continue on. I thought I could be better and serve the community better and those youth better from, from a different perspective. And that's why I chose the career path of urban planning. So I can look at the economics um, of a community and try to figure out how to improve it from that standpoint. Uh, I know for me, I always think about, I have this like weird dream. Obviously I've been running track in college for five years, high school did all of this, you know, all those sports and everything. I have this dream of like, after I'm done with athletics, you know, my career's over whatever. I want to get fat. I just want to, I want to just get fat, eat whatever I want, not work out nothing. What, what was that transition like after you finished, you know, you're, because I mean, being a college athlete is extremely structured and every day you have some type of workout and you, you have something going on to where now you're just on your own. What was that like athletically? Like, did you just take up like a year and just do nothing or were you kind of stay, trying to stay disciplined? What, what was that like? The first year I, I trained, um, I um, worked with the track coach at Northridge. It was at the time it was Tony Vinny and um, I had him train me to get ready for the 40. And I had a tryout. I tried out with a Canadian team. I made it to, you know, the last round of that uh, cut, um, at least at the initial tryout. Long story short, I didn't get picked up. And so after that, I decided to just, um, you know, move on and try something else in life. Um, I didn't really work out. It was at times when I could see myself, okay, I'm looking a little flabby or I ain't feeling as strong or as healthy as I want to. So there would be spurts when I would work out, um, but not consistently. And then I just, my metabolism and I guess our genetics, I never really got fat. I mean, I could really up to this point and even now, I, if I don't work out, I can't gain weight. I don't gain weight. The only way I usually gain weight is through working out, lifting weights. So that hasn't been an issue for me uh, as far as the how I look as far as putting on weight. It's just been more how I feel and making sure that I'm healthy and in good shape. So I work out now more, more consistently. As I'm getting older, I want to make sure that I don't have to go back and rebuild. I want to be able to just maintain where I'm at and try to stay at a healthy, um, have healthy weight and just be in good health. Okay, talk to me about the patience required because when I think about it, you go through years of schooling. You, I mean, for you know, a lot of people they pay for their school, or in our cases, we you know work as student athletes basically um, to get this education. And you get that piece of paper that says, "Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a capable yada yada yada." And then, like you say, you go get a job where you're making eight hundred dollars a month. Psychologically, that's just gotta feel like, man, you know. Talk to me about the patience required to be able to overcome that. Well, you just have to sit down and really put together a plan. I mean, first of all, you got to eat. And I didn't come from a, a family that was wealthy, so you know, going home, you know, wasn't an option for me. I didn't want to go back home. So I had to figure it out. You know, I, I did that job. And at the same time, I was substitute teaching. And that's how I really got into teaching um, full time. But it was, a, it was a transition psychologically, um, emotionally, and not just me at that level. I found that many athletes who transition from sports into just a, a nine to five or whatever other career path, it's a transition because you're this 
adrenaline that you get and you prepare for something each week this heightened and boom and then the next week you do the same thing and this build up and then you go back into everyday life and it's like where's that excitement where's that yeah. you know adrenaline to get me excited about this week i had a goal that i was you know shooting for and preparing for and that no longer exists so i had to find ways to motivate myself set goals and really you know just you know work and implement them and so i'm still at that point where i'm working and implementing goals um, but i'm finally in a space where i feel more comfortable where i'm at and uh, feel like i'm in the right uh career and then moving in the right direction for many many years it's like well trying these different things and nothing seemed to really fit and you know that was a lot of times very discouraging um but as i kept moving and finding my purpose or the direction you know i began to hone in on what i feel i'm supposed to be doing so that's what i'm up to now um really in community economic development okay i know myself i'm a very incremental person right so ever since i i was in elementary school i would think you know hey we got two weeks till thanksgiving break and that's a week off then after that we got a month until Christmas break and that's two weeks. And then after that, we got to stretch to summer or spring break and then summer and I get, you know, the whole summer off. And so I would always think like, just make it through this and then we can get here. And I remember one summer I was at home chilling and I'm like, you know, my dad's at work. Like he doesn't get a summer break. His Christmas break is a couple days if he takes them off. I'm like, man, I just, it just kind of hit me. Like there's, what is there to look forward to? You know what I mean? If every day is going to be like, you can just sit, you can sit there and say, hey, six months from now, I'm going to be going to work. Like, I just feel like I've always looked forward to some, especially with athletics as well. Like, oh, I have, this season is coming up. I'm getting ready for this season or this right. game or whatever. How does that work for you? Because, I mean, I'm imagining you were kind of the same growing up, but now, like I said, you just have a job that you just go to every day. Yeah, well, that's been the stress of it over the years is just really, and that's what has kept me focused. I mean, first of all, I got a family. I got to make sure I do what I need to do to make a living so that, you know, my family's taken care of. So I never wanted to compromise that. But I've always, and you know me, I'm always, okay, what it is that I'm working on now? Yeah. Trying to find that sweet spot, that thing that excites me and give me that adrenaline and that emotion and excitement that I had when I was playing sports. You know, I want to get back to that point, that point to where every day when I get up, that's an excitement. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm at that point where I'm seeing that and I'm starting to feel that. And so I think I'm in a good spot. I got a few things I need to do to make some transitions um, to really ultimately be where I want to be or feel I should be. But um, I can see that at that light at the end of the tunnel where before it was just kind of, you know, doing jobs. And I like my jobs, but they weren't totally fulfilling. And so that's been the thing is looking at finding that that work, that career or that whatever that is fulfilling for me and that excites me. So when I get up every morning, you know, I can't wait to get to it. And so that to me is the gift of life and having that passion. And that's why I always stress to you, you know, go try these things. Now in a space where you don't have to, you know, go out and make a living. I mean, you just get money to pay your incidentals and eat if you want to do something outside of just your normal everyday life, go to the movies, you know, things of that nature. But the internships, that way you can see, oh, okay, I like this. No, I don't like that. Before you get on a job and be like, man, I, I need this job and I hate this job. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And now you got to try to figure out your next move. I just can't quit in the middle of the job because I need the money. But then it, your time is consumed by the job and it really minimizes the time you have to go out and experience and exposure to other things. So that's why the internships have always really been, you know, um, pushing you to do you and your sister so that you can get those experiences and know what it is you like and don't like before you and see and see i i feel like i my whole life obviously i've kind of gone one direction and i feel like that's definitely what i'm passionate about it's definitely what i want to do with my life but i do have this slight fear of like what if at the age of 35 or something i'm kind of in that career doing fine so to speak but i just sit back one day and say man this is not what i want to do anymore because i know for you you've not, I mean, not that drastic, but you've definitely had your career goals and your career path, you know, change extremely, you know, completely flip direction sometimes. And so, first of all, how do you, how did you know that that was the right move? Because that's a tough decision to make to completely try to, you know, reroute in the middle of, you know, a journey. And two, like, once again, going back to that patience, like you said, you had a family to feed, things like that. How do you... How do you work through that when you have all that pressure on you? Well, the answer to your first question, it was just got to the point was like, I ain't going back over there. <laughs> Whatever I got to do, I'm not doing that. And so, you know, you just get to that point where for me, I knew I had to change, you know, what I was doing. Um, as far as the patience for his family, I mean, because I love my family and I want to make sure that you guys had everything you needed, you know, I was you know, you just make that sacrifice until you get to that point where you want to be and you evolve. And so um, that's what it was. It's just the love for my family, knowing that I still have some dreams and things I want to do. They may just have to take a little longer for me to get there and making sure that my family's taken care of. So um, so that was what it really it comes down to. If I was by myself, I always tell your mom, you know, I'd either be filthy rich or dead broke because I'm <laughs> going all in for it. So... <laughs> But, and that's that's got to be a delicate balance. It's like chasing your dreams, making sure you are satisfying what drives you as a human being. But like you said, once you have that responsibility, like people depend on me to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, at the end of the day, what's the best you know option or the best you know route for them as well? And so that's that's something I always wonder and think about. But I wanted to ask about when, like, okay, in my generation it seems like because of social media, you see a lot of people's different movements, right? Oh, this person mm -hmm. just got this car, this job, or they're doing this in their career. And it's like, oh, congratulations. But I think sometimes it can make us feel like we're behind, right? Whereas you see, like, sometimes I see NBA players, right? They're my, it's 18, 19 year olds, I'm 21. They making millions of dollars. And I'm like, I'm just a student athlete in college. I don't know if it happened in your generation, but just that kind of comparison of it feels like some people are way ahead and some are way behind. How do you deal with that and not trying to compare yourself with other people that you're just on a different path, I guess? You know, I, I've always been pretty good at not necessarily comparing myself to what other people were doing. You know, I always kind of, you know, looked at what do I want? And regardless of what somebody else is doing, if I'm doing or I'm where I'm like and I'm comfortable or I'm satisfied or I'm happy there, I'm, I was good, you know, so I never, I never really got caught up into comparing myself unless it was on the field, you know, I say this dude is in front of me, so I, I need to work so I can beat him out. I ain't trying to sit on the bench. But in other words, outside of that, I, I never really looked at it 
from that standpoint because it was like regardless of what he's doing if i ain't doing what i want to do i'm miserable anyway you know yeah. i'm not happy so it was really based on how i felt in the space and the position that i was in uh, at any, any given point i want you to give me a broke story because obviously we talked about, you know, after college, you had a few jobs where you weren't making a ton of money. Give me a broke story where it was like, man, I'm down bad. <laughs> I have no money and, and I mean, something we, went wrong. <laughs> we got, I got a lot of those. <laughs> I, mean, I got more of those than I can't even uh, think about. A broke story? Oh, my God. Uh, I would say probably that's a good one. I would go into college. It was uh, right around that transition. I would say college was probably my brokest. And basically, that's how I met your mom. You know, I was out, we was in the dorms. And even though I was playing football, you know, the, 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 the economics of it, where I was at as far as Cal State Northridge, there wasn't no money and there were no resources for you. So we was out and me and my roommate, we was out on the, you know, quad or somewhere. We was just hanging out and we met, uh, you know, Miss Alicia, right? So me and her, we were just out there talking and you know how she is. She just, one of those person you get to talking to and you laughing and joking. And she, she was like, what y'all doing tonight? And she said, well, we need tacos. I was like, well, can we come over? <laughs> and so we got invited over to eat and that was your mom's roommate. And so, you know, that's the first time I saw your mom and I was like, and I said, who is she? So that's my roommate. And so um, long story short, we didn't end up talking to probably the following semester, but I had known, I had saw her, and then we ended up having a class in the following semester, and that's how we got the um, got together. So we, you know, got in a study group together, and you know, the rest is history. But for me, it was really each day was trying to figure out what I'm eating for that day. <laughs> you know, I mean, literally going through the dorms, and it's like, okay, what's the plan? It wasn't, uh, you know, what I'm gonna do. It was like what I'm eating today. And we used to go to the happy hours, you know, you would have to buy a drink and they would have the food available. So we yeah. would go buy, you know, a soda for a buck or so, and then we'd eat happy hour, whatever that was. It might just be some chips and salsa, you know, some little burritos or tacos. And that's how we that's how we ate, man. So we we figured it out. We had the 99 cent whoppers when I was eating beef at the time. So it was just, you know, you figured it out. Um, that was probably you know, a culmination. Really, my biggest challenge was always, okay, what we eat today? Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. I, I always think of the story where you say, y'all used to go get a 99 cent Whopper and you would get a 40. And that was your <laughs> dinner. You would fill up on the, a that Whopper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause the 40, those are big. They'll, they'll fill you up. <laughs> so you're like trying to keep your weight on. I probably shouldn't have been drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> How were you a student athlete drinking 40s and eating Whoppers? That was your main source of sustenance. And you just figured it out, man. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do when you put in that situation. Uh, I guess part of it, too, was trying to forget some of my being broke. <laughs> <laughs> My, I mean, for me, like, how do you, okay, in those moments, I've never been that bad or down that bad because I have a family that can support me a lot. But in a moment like that, I don't even know, I've never been there, but how do you still have the motivation or, or what, what pulls you, I guess, to get up and keep going each day to where it's like, okay, or, or you just don't want to be like, man, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to just go get a job or something and start working, try to do something to where change route. How do you 
keep getting up going to class as opposed to trying to get some money. <laughs> well, I knew what a job was. And that's like, that's forever. <laughs> I was like, I got a shot with this, you know, at least this, if it goes right and I get the right breaks, I can prepare myself to a level to where I want to be. Yeah. I know going out and getting a job and not having that degree at the time, you know, was going to limit what I could do. And I was like, I looked at that and I was like, that's the rest of my life. I'm not doing that. You know, at least with a degree, at least with playing sports, it just kept my dream alive. And it gave me the opportunities and the options to do other things that would one, allow me to make uh, more in my career path. And two, um, I didn't have to jump into the workforce because I really didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, because I saw it, I looked at people when they come home and like, well, I had to go to work and I got to go tomorrow. And they always complained about it. I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I tried to stay away from it as long as I could. So even though, you know, I was broke, going to class, I liked learning. I liked meeting people, talking to people. To me, that was a lot of fun. So I didn't have the financial resources, but the experience overall was good and I really enjoyed it. So that wasn't hard, you know, to me in, in, in that regard. And I didn't want to come back to the desert because there definitely wasn't nothing going on here. So it was like, well, you know, this is my best option right here. Yeah. So a quote I always think about is, play the game, don't let the game play you. And I think about that when it comes to like college athletics and all of like the business of it and sometimes the politics of it. And you know, you think about that and you're like, there are people who are in college sports that are just, they just love the sport and it's pure. But at the end of the day, they're not, you can tell they're not taking the steps to get what they can out of being a collegiate athlete. And I feel like you've always stressed it to me. And so I've always done a good job of, using my leverage as a student athlete to get internships or access or, you know, different types of information, knowledge that I need to where afterwards I'm going to take this with me and, I, and I'll be able to move forward with it. Do you feel that's something you did or didn't do as a student athlete and how did it affect you moving forward in your career? I think to a certain degree I did. Um, I wasn't at a, you know, a power five school. So I used whatever leverage I had at Northridge yeah. Um, but I also got on the other side of more from a, I don't want to say advocate or someone who was kind of pushing and protesting against the economics of college sports. Considering the situation that I was in and I saw a lot of others, I'm like, we're out here every day busting our butts. We have coaches that are making six figures, athletic departments that are, you know, apparently doing well. And I didn't understand how that, you know, was working out um, for our betterment. You know what I mean? I know we had this dream and I felt like we were being uh, exploited. Yeah. And so I began to advocate, you know, we, we need we need certain basic needs. We need, you know, to have meals for these athletes. We need uh, academic advisors. You know, we need things that will help these athletes once they go through this process and doing this process that they have a good experience and they're prepared for life afterwards and not just play three or four years and then get kicked to the streets. And, you know, many and often they end up, you know, not in good situations. You know, I mean, their life after sports and life after college, you know, they go into these places where, you know, it's like I had more expectations and I ended up doing something that I'd never really dreamed of doing. And so for me, I became more of an advocate to make sure that athletes, while they're in school, uh, are taken care of 
and more importantly, prepared for life after uh, sports. And many of us and very few are, you know, going to play at the professional level. And even when you do, you're still going to have to transition from that to uh, uh, life after. Yeah. That's some of the anxiety I have is like, right now I'm in my final year as a, as a college athlete, last year of eligibility. And it's kind of just like, I'm good. I, you know, I could probably give it a shot at going pro, but with track and field, there's not a lot of money in it anyway. So if I was a fringe kind of athlete that's not getting a huge sponsorship deal, there would be some struggle aspect to it. And you know what I mean? Track is really not a cheap sport to, play, or to do either because of the travel and things like that. So that's some of the anxiety with me is, is like, I don't want to give up on my dream and, and just one day look back and say, man, I should have gave it a shot, at least try to see what happened. But I also don't want to be dead broke trying to chase a dream, you know what I mean? That may or may not end up working out. And I guess there's no harm in giving it a shot, so to speak, because I feel like I'm set up and obviously I have a support system that can help me out. But I, I'm not going to lie to you, there is a lot of anxiety with that when I, when I think about that. Well, I would I would just strongly encourage you don't get caught up in that. Right now, the only responsibility you have is yourself. You you're not in any jeopardy of not eating. I mean, if things got to that point where they're that bad, you can still come home. You can still train, and you know, take that shot at your dream. And I would always say, take that shot. You know, because you only get that window opportunity is so long. And once it's gone, it's gone. And so you want to take it while you're in your best possible, uh, you're in your best shape and your prime to be able to actualize that. Because otherwise you're going to go in life and you don't want to have those regrets that, man, I should have tried that. I should have, you know, money's going to come and money's going to go. Hopefully you keep it to where it's circulating and, and growing exponentially. Yeah. But you don't want to ever look back and say, man, I, I if I would have just went for it, who knows where I'd be. So I, I, I would strongly, and in fact, I don't think I would even let you do it. I'm like, no, nah, you're gonna go ahead and do it. <laughs> However it shakes out, that's what it is. But you can say you gave it your all and you know where you sit. And you know, those are results and you can live with that. Do you have any of those regrets? I know sometimes you talk about the ifs of like, man, if I would've, you know, I probably could have. And you know, do you have any of those regrets? And I know you gave it a shot, like you said, you kind of saw it through, but do you have any, well, I guess my question is, when did you know, okay, you know what, hey, look, it's, it's over with kind of thing and it's, it's done, I need to move on? For me, it was largely just the injuries. I think had I not gotten injured a few times, it would have been different. I mean, being injured at COD my first year, I think I had a chance to probably go to a different school. And from there, if I'd have stayed in, um, healthy, I might've had a better shot at, you know, at making it to the league. Um, but the injuries, you know, after, you know, a few of them, I just kind of decided, you know what, maybe it's time for me to move on um, because I keep having these little nagging injuries, muscle pulls and strains. Never really got hurt from a standpoint of being hit or something broken, but just, you know, little nagging injuries that kind of kept, you know, prohibiting me from, you know, doing and being better than I, um, I was expecting. As far as like a career, because obviously your career path has been a long one at this point. You've done a lot of different things, a lot of different roles. When I want to talk about just being not not being stagnant, but uh, trying to avoid being stagnant is like, when do you know it's time 
to to try to make a different move, try to move upward, or hey, this this is kind of I've reached my capacity at this role. Let's find something else. Because I know you've gone through a bunch of those moments. When did you know, and how did you know? Like I said, for me, it was really got down to uh, my gut feeling, and it was just like, you know, is this taking me where I want to go? Have I gotten the experiences, the skills, and the lessons I need to move on from this situation? Um, and also financially, can I make that shift? And you know, I would have to say I've been blessed, and we've been blessed that your mother um, has always been supported. So she's taught for the last twenty plus years, and so there was always that steady base that allowed me from time to time to take some of those risks. And I always knew I could go back to teaching if I didn't do anything else. I had a credential, so that was always an option that I can do, but. I didn't want to do that. And so it allowed me to say, let me take this shot at this. Let me go in this direction and try something else that I think would be more fulfilling. And so um, so those are the combination of things. Your mother being there that was uh, stable in the job that she was doing and always knowing that I can go back to doing, you know, teaching or something that I can make a living at if for whatever reason this didn't work out. Final just want to end it with this final piece of advice for people in my in like we talk about that transition phase of like hey you're about to end college you know you you don't have I don't have a ton of responsibilities but just trying to figure out your direction and your place in the world and in life in general final piece of advice that you would give someone in my position what I would do right now in your position I would say if you can find a coach and not not an athletic coach but a life coach if, you know, find somebody who's reasonable that's willing to work with you to sit down and talk to these goals and say, hey, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to ultimately do and have that person mentor you and hold you accountable. Okay, you need to do step one through step 10 and I'm going to call you or we're going to have this hour conversation once a week, twice a week or however often so that I can make sure that you're taking those necessary steps. Oh, you got an interview? Did you prepare for the interview? How do you present yourself? Those little things that will help you to uh, improve as a person, improve yourself and your uh, appearance. So when you're speaking to people, when you're going and you're meeting people, you're sharp and you give off a good impression. You know, they always say the first impression is the, your best impression or your last impression, however it goes. And so I would say finding that person, because I, I that's the thing I've been thinking about over the last year or two. And I even got a coach. I tell you, my friend Lamont, I was uh, my um, college roommate. And I called him one day and said, man, I'm working on some stuff. I need you to help me be accountable and help me through this process. And so over the last four months or so, that's what we've been doing. Because I look at professional athletes who are multimillionaires. They're probably highly motivated. They're the top of their um, profession, they have coaches, they have trainers, they have people that hold them accountable and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. And so I said, well, if these guys were at that level have coaches and trainers, then maybe I should try that. So I would strongly recommend that, finding someone, a mentor or a coach that can help you through the process, make those decisions and line you up so to give you the best chance and opportunity of being successful. One thing you've always told me too with that is find people who have been or are where you're trying to go 
and attach yourself to them. Make sure you learn from them and, and get all the knowledge you can from them because they are or have been where you're trying to be. Yeah, don't sacrifice your dreams. I mean, that if you once you give up your dream, you really stop living. So whatever you do, it may take you 15 years or whatever. Don't give up your dream of doing what you want to do because, you know, that, that gives you life. That gives you something to shoot for and strive for, you know, um, you know, throughout your life. So that's my advice. Well, definitely words to live by. So I think that's a wrap on a, another episode of No Strangers to the Game. We appreciate everyone tuning in and, and listening. And make sure you listen next week as well. All right. Peace. All right. That'll wrap up today's episode. Glad we could take a moment to put you up on game. We post a new podcast every Sunday morning. Now you know. Peace.